This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. The freak and freak who freaks a freak, 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 freak. Hey, did you know he's a freak? He's a he's a super freak. MyBookie presents Shake Them Ropes. Use code ROPES. Double your deposit up to $1,000 on new accounts. Jeff Hawkins, Chris Novembrino. A bit of a family update for you. I know a lot of you were very, very nice to um, give well wishes to my father. Uh, My father loves doing the manual labor, Chris, but is also a very clumsy man. I I share similar familial concerns. Uh, the balance is, is a thing that sometimes starts to go as we advance in the aging process. I, and I mean, like, look, I, I'm I, I was born with a bad knee. So like my walking's a little lopsided anyway. So I'm already kind of worried about this as I'm getting older. Uh, I, I watch um, older gentlemen with a mild sense of fear. Right. Uh, my parents live in Scottsdale, Arizona. My father still likes to garden because he was raised on a farm. Uh, also, consequently, he and his brothers ended up burning down that farm. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was him. I think it was the little brother that did it. But he does gardening in basically those giant plastic tubs that you use for storage and stuff like that. He puts potting soil in there and grows vegetables from there. Well, he had... He had a workaround for the critters coming into the garden and eating it because they live right next to a nature preserve. So he had chicken wire around it, and it helped a bit, but not quite as much to keep the critters on the ground from getting in there. So he was going to build an elevated platform for his garden. He turns around to grab a board or something, loses his balance, falls, breaks all six ribs on the left-hand side of his chest, Big old gash on his head, and he he uh, he has a stent, so he takes a uh, cuminin every day, which is a blood thinner, and so somehow getting the strength to stand up and walk into the house, my father covered in blood, looks <laughs> at my mother and says, "I need to go to the hospital." <laughs> they take him to one hospital, and then they take him by ambulance to the trauma center. Uh, he is breathing uneasily. He cannot do it when he's standing and do it when he's sitting. Uh, they're checking for a brain bleed, but he is in good spirits as usual. And then the uh, the coping mechanism for, for our family is, of course, to uh, to mock and deride. So <laughs> so everybody in the family pretty much thinks, well, this would be fitting if, if this were the end. <laughs> oh, man. I, I just remember when my grandfather was on Coumadin, the, the blood bruising that yes. happens when you're on Coumadin yes. is really gnarly looking. Like the um, first time I, he came over, my dad came over here to help me uh, do some drywall in my place here. And he was on a ladder and he bumped into a wall or something. And it looked like he had been playing hockey for six hours because it just bruised him all up and down the side. It, it, yeah, that stuff. I, you're basically a walking hemophiliac. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, uh, it became tricky to stop bleeding when my grandpa would like nick himself and that sort of thing. Like you have to, you know, it, stuff that we sort of take for granted. Like I can, you know, hit it with a little bit of rubbing alcohol, put a little bit of pressure on it for like five, 10 minutes and we're off to the races. Like when you're on Coumadin, it, it ain't like that. Bless, bless his heart. I, uh, my dad did go, I got color brother. <laughs> nice. Nice. And he I'm did like, it hard. He did it hard way. Yeah, you know I'm what like, I mean? I'm like, where did you learn that? Number one, because <laughs> probably from listening to you. I'm like, oh, well, great. He learned the hard way that red is green. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be green out of his, out of my inheritance when he has to yeah, be in right. the hospital. No, yeah, it's I'm that type of green. Kind of, yeah. kind of upset by that, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, Hey, stop spending all the money. Uh, yeah, but uh, again, appreciate all of you on Twitter who gave out well wishes and whatnot. Um, he is in a good place, win or lose. Uh, he's not out of the woods yet, but he's mostly out of the woods. Um, but he is a man of strong faith and strong character, and I appreciate it. Not well, a lot- if oh, he's anything ahead. like you, Hawkins, I think he will be irascible and stubborn and pull through this. He is not like me. That's the weird thing is he is not irascible and stubborn. He is, he is, uh, collegial and gregarious and happy and upbeat and over optimistic. So what happened? Uh, I rebelled probably. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, nothing, nothing. I mean, nothing gets him down. It's very, uh, it's, uh, inspiring no <laughs> it's inspiring. <Aww. laughs> uh let's get to wrestling uh because i'm kind of tired of talking about because i've been on the phone with my mom all day uh not a lot of news around the major leagues a couple of signings i don't know if i brought this up last week but it looks like eva marie is on her way in to the company 36 years old which is weird um just that they'd be looking for a woman of that age but uh I think they're looking for star power, which I don't is know she that's star either. power. That's, I don't know the uptick on a grit in your teeth. Not to say saying anything too negative. Uh, hasn't been confirmed yet until, of course, she shows up on television. I don't even know if she had been working out in the ring, to be honest with you. So who knows how long this could take? Uh, she's not a whole lot on the mic. She improved after working with the Brian Kendrick, Mm -hmm. admittedly, but she's never been great. She improved from like a low floor, Uh, but I don't know. I just find myself sort of scratching my head what the appeal here is other than, oh, hey, remember Eva Marie and we know her, we like her and she got along well with people in the back, but you know, if she didn't have the red hair gimmick, um, it does if she was in wrestling with brown hair or you know blonde hair, is she getting a second look? I don't know. All red everything will of course go to the blue brand. <laughs> yeah, right. No, no. Uh, under the stipulation that it has to become all blue everything. Yes, pretty much. Um, I don't know between her and Melina. I just think they're just looking for support somewhere because they go. Th- I mean, you can't have more than three women's matches. On a given night, you usually only get two to begin with without using most of your roster, and especially true now after the draft, because it looks like Raw has just about everybody. There is a place for 
mid-card heels in the women's division to build up baby faces that have some name recognition so that as you're building up a new baby face, they're getting beats over people who, in air quotes here, matter. I need to correct uh, myself here real quick because okay. I, did, I, I did not look at the supplemental picks from Raw Talk. Because, you know, we oh, have to man. have supplemental you look at supplemental picks from Raw Talk? No, of course. You know, <laughs> oh, okay. I, I expect I expect, right, buddy. I expect things to be on the televised product, sir, not <laughs> on social media and everything. Because oh, okay. how can you... You're Chris, a journalist. No, Chris, how can you possibly fit everything into three hours every week? <laughs> <laughs> uh, both Natty it's and the Riot... Three. Yeah, both Natty and the Riot Squad were sent over to SmackDown, so they'll be... Uh, They'll be the given cannon fodder along with Billy Kay, who was drafted on social media. Um, <laughs> and they yeah. finished off her angle on uh, main event. On main event. Well, well, they reignited the angle on main event because it was uh, like oh. friends, not friends, friends, not friends, beat on main event. See you later. I actually think Billy Kay has a chance of being standout on SmackDown. I have said this. I, I, the obvious early money is on Peyton Royce, and Peyton's obviously the better wrestler. She's on Raw though, so they're separate from each other right. for, for now. But I, and, and Billy's a good character though, and that could get you a long way. I think the problem here is that Billy's going to be the one fed to Bianca Belair for a few weeks, uh, and that'll be a tough start. And then we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, so Eva Marie coming back. Hottest free agent in wrestling, Ben Carter, who was appeared on AEW Dark in a banger of a match a couple weeks ago and also was on TNA Explosion recently. Uh, according to Miro on his live stream, on his Twitch, uh, he is signed with WWE. I, I, there are wins and losses here to be had. I, I know a lot of people... A lot of people watch AEW were very upset about this because they thought he could be huge in AEW. I don't think he can be huge in WWE. I think he's going to be probably put over on NXT UK, probably at that A kid type level. Um, Maybe he doesn't want to travel. Maybe he has his reasons. Maybe he likes the safety of the larger company. I can't read into that why he would do it. I don't know if it's a mistake or not because everybody says that they want to bet on themselves and it's their dream to work in the WWE. Well, this is a really interesting situation right now for a performer. So, like, let's tap the brakes on this for a second. It used to be when you signed up with WWE as compared to, let's say, TNA from seven or eight years ago. The benefits of working TNA, tighter schedule, uh, and you're not really traveling around. You're just going and you're taping in the Impact Dome or whatever the heck they called it back in the day. So now WWE pays more money and right now and probably for the foreseeable future, at least for the next six months, they're probably not going to be touring around um, in any major way. So right now, it's kind of the best of both worlds. You make the big money and you don't have to tour around. In the case of NXT UK, they're probably not going anywhere for a while. They're probably not going anywhere for the better part of a year, maybe longer. I'm going to confirm something you said, because I believe I read this uh, in The Observer this week. I want to give credit where due, but I can't remember where I saw this. But I believe WWE has canceled their touring schedule for 2021 um, in, terms of the, in terms of the four-day 
you know, you tape Raw, or no, you tape SmackDown, house show, house show, uh, tape Raw type thing. Yeah, yeah, and, and I have to imagine, like, look, un- until COVID numbers are down in major metropolitan areas in a serious way, major the reason I say major metropolitan areas as opposed to rural areas, rural areas in the United States are lower, but arenas, they're all in the major metropolitan areas. So those are the numbers that are really going to matter for WWE's sake here. Um, I, I think it's a fairly safe bet as a performer at, again, particularly with NXT UK, that you're not torn around. Um, so you get to go, make the good money, and, you know, work in a relatively safe-ish environment. I mean, bo- both companies have had issues with COVID so far. Sometimes it, at mutually uh, occurred locations. And finally, uh, and this will get us into talking about the various shows and whatnot, uh, off of the IP pile, for WWE, Halloween Havoc making a comeback. Uh, <laughs> Shotzi Blackheart with the spin the wheel, make a deal. So you can yeah. have a coal miners glove match and two for one at Subway. It'll yeah, no, I, I, I've <laughs> always loved spin the wheel, make the deal. Cause like there isn't a deal. Like there is no deal making part of this, but make a deal is even better. Cause yes. you, you could get a coupon two for ones. I love a BOGO. I'm a big you know, BOGO guy. Free shipping. I think free shipping is a pretty good deal from <laughs> yeah, time to time. Shi- I actually have come to expect free shipping. Oh, have you? Are you like yeah, yeah, Am- yeah, yeah. Amazon prime? Yeah. yeah Amazon has spoiled my expectations, sir. I, I would be big on the no sales tax. Uh, yeah, of course. Oh, be, yeah, especially in uh, California. Yes, in California. Uh, you know, so there there are deals to be had at this Halloween happening. <laughs> um, yeah, I like I like spin the wheel, make the deal. The but problem, you can't do it with a digital wheel. You I can't do it with a digital wheel because you know the, it's fixed. Right. Even though I the real wheel the is real fixed. The real wheel is gimmicked. But yeah. like the whole point about the real wheel, just like a magic trick. Magic tricks are gimmicked. The whole point is to make it look like it's not gimmicked. And when you just, like, put a wheel on the screen, <laughs> everyone knows that you know what the wheel's going to do. That, and I don't know if there's a feud in NXT that warrants spinning a wheel for a stipulation. Uh, I mean, who? what feud hasn't risen to the coal miner's glove level this year? I mean, yeah. It, it, <laughs> unless, you, unless you have lame stips on there, like... Two out of three falls. <laughs> oh, look, another Hell in a Cell match. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. God knows that, that's coming up. Uh, yeah, I. it'll be interesting. I know, uh, is it Candace and Shotzi are doing it? Who else Who else is doing it? Jo- is, is it going to be Johnny and... Uh, Johnny's going up against Damian Priest. Damian no, no, Priest. no, 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 no. Um, it's... Candace and Io Shirai. Oh, Io Shirai. It's, right. it's a You're rerun correct. of Johnny and Candace trying to get their titles. Oh, okay. So they may get it through gimmickry. Yeah. The like, especially after the the tease the first time, and and now that you have Indy, uh, Indy Blackwell or uh, Hartwell. Indy Hartwell. Yeah. Indy Hartwell. Indy Hartwell involved in the mix here. We could have an Indy Hartwell on a pole match. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Russo's come to NXT, everybody. And <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, 
we'll, we'll, we'll get into predictions for that show. I, I have a theory. Uh, is oh, that I is that not... is that next week? Do I have to bring that up? I don't know. I I, I well, and we'll talk a little bit more about this in NXT too. So okay, are we gonna okay, we're gonna actually do a review of those shows. Cool. Uh, <laughs> if you yeah, you know, that people have expected show, that of hey, us. Hey, look, I'm doing. We're doing show prep on the air, brother. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, I uh. <laughs> okay, October 28th. We still got time. We're good. We are good. Um, oh, Can't wait. Chris, your number one contender for the Raw Women's title is Lana. <laughs> she uh, went through a table a again. Journey. She went through a, uh, four weeks in a row now. She has gone through a table. And now she is one. And then she snuck her way into winning a battle royal, which I thought for sure they were going to give to Lacey Evans because she was looking. she was looking pretty good. There, <laughs> minus the, she potatoed, absolutely potatoed Natty, knocked a tooth out. Oh, uh, did she? Oh, yeah. She knocked a tooth out? Yeah. Man. Uh, Oof. Yeah, she's, I mean, she can throw a punch. She's, yeah, no, I mean, she's, <laughs> she's got some arms. Like, yeah, no, it's legit. I, I thought that was going to be her rebirth, but no, no, no. The best way to build up your number one contender to have her go through a table four weeks in a row. Well, I, the whole point of this is to kind of throw up a little bit of a smoke screen around anyone who might charge that this was like retribution. And I'm not talking about the Antifa knockoff. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I kind of wanted to come back as like Tommy Dreamer from ECW 94, 95. She's hardcore. Yeah. She's hardcore. Cactus, Cactus Jack giving her the rub. She may look like a pretty girl, but she, yeah, you know, maybe have her smoke a cigarette, pop a beer open, bring a kendo stick down to the ring. Inner uh, Sandman's playing on the. There is a 0.00% chance this happens, but nothing would be cooler than a slow burn turn into hardcore icon Lana. That's where what I'm over thinking. the weeks <laughs> she gets like more scarred and more like gnarly and rough looking. And by the end of it, she's like the female version of the Sandman, just beer swindling, rough looking, taking kendo sticks to people. Her Instagram that style. Her Instagram becomes her jumping off the roof of her house through like tables and things like that, wrapping herself in barbed wire. And <laughs> I'm here for that. I'm yeah. here for that. Come on. Zero point zero chance. No chance. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I can dream. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, the other two stories, uh, and then we can go into what anything you kind of noticed. You don't like Lars Sullivan. I got some bad news for you because he was all over this TV this week. It was freak, 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 freak. Hey, Chris, did you know he was a freak? He's a freak. I, I actually didn't freak, know freak, who freaks. you were talking about when you said Lars Sullivan, who I'm very <laughs> intimately familiar with because I have heard the word freak. And I want to be... He's a freak, it's damn it. It's got to be upwards of 100 <laughs> times over the last two weeks, right? Like, if you if you sum up the amount of times they say freak on SmackDown, they said it on Monday night, and they also said it last Friday as well. Like, it's been upwards of 100 times. They just keep saying the word freak over and over again to the point where it is hurting this guy because... He doesn't look that freakish. He's a no. relatively normal-looking guy. He looked more freakish before he left than he does now. 
Yes. And God bless him, the the McMahon Helmsleys. Uh, the super freak joke I popped. I gotta admit, I did. <laughs> but it's also dated as hell. Yes, very dated. It's 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 a boomer joke. Yeah, I got news for you. If you like your smaller wrestlers, if you like your work rate guys, get ready because they're going to lose to Lars Sullivan. And it's going to be the same problem that they had with Braun Strowman where they get this new monster, they build them for six weeks, and then they realize they don't want to beat any of the people that they really like to him, so they're going to be stuck with something else. Uh, In the words of Braun Strowman, I'm not finished with him. Yeah, we, we got to talk about Braun Strowman later. Dear God. Let's do it now. Smackdown. Oh, you I'm want, done, okay. I'm, I'm done with my I'm done with my Lars Sullivan stuff. I Look, I I get why people are upset that he was brought back. I also Lars, Oh yeah, no, Lars shouldn't have been brought back. Yeah, sure. Um you know, and I and there are a lot of people who are also going, well, he said when he was 19 and he's now 30 or whatever, so whatever. I, you know, but I just, <laughs> he still has $100,000 to pay off. I'm wondering if it's, if it's by the episode. I wonder if he's cleared that yet. This Braun Strowman match <laughs> against Roman Reigns tonight, or on SmackDown last night, was right. a complete cannibalization of whatever equity they have put into Braun Strowman. He is now just officially a mid-card guy. The, um, he's like a he's the big stro. He is a guy who, like who who will have upper mid card gatekeeper uh, back in the old days parlance chief Wahoo McDaniel's uh, sort of gatekeeper status. But he is not. He's never going to be the guy. And this a lot of equity was sucked out of him to build up Roman Reigns in this main event angle. So like, let's start with this of the two between Jay Uso and Roman Reigns, who would have benefited more from a win over Braun Strowman. To me, it's very obviously Jay Uso. It is Jay Uso. I'm going to cut you off a bit here though. Number one, I would kill for Braun Strowman to be Wahoo McDaniel. (laughs) 2020 and just chop guys to death. But their thinking is because Braun Strowman is now a raw guy. You can kill that equity here on SmackDown and just build it back up over on raw. I can, I can already hear the studio notes. Yeah, that's wrong. It's just wrong. People will remember him getting guillotine choked out in this main event by Roman Reigns and then tortured like a wounded animal that he was toying with. Braun Strowman has never been toyed with at any point during his presentation on WWE television, and they didn't even do this angle on a pay-per-view. It, which which probably would have been bad, but depending on who you're trying to build up, maybe a defensible narrative move, especially if it was for a guy in the future. Not like Brock Lesnar, who's in his 40s, but like the next Brock Lesnar of the next 20 years, and you want to cannibalize Braun Strowman in service of that. Okay, I get that. But they did this on a Friday night on SmackDown. And when you cut down a giant and guillotine choke him out, and then, again allow for an undersized guy compared to the giant to just toy with him like nothing. Um, I, I mean, when Roman says 
it, look at him. If I could do this to him, imagine what I could do to you. It all—it kills the Jey Uso angle to a certain extent, but boy, it kills Braun Strowman. He's a prop now. Yeah, and it doesn't it build Roman though. Not really, because we've always known that Roman Reigns can beat Braun Strowman because they've had matches before. Okay, I—I I understood what they were doing. I'm—I'm I'm a little bit with you. I. I know why they did it. I just don't agree with it. Cause I think they're just going to put them on raw and build them up for the fiend again. So then here's the next part of this too. It did nothing to build up Jay Uso's moral character at all. Um, the Jay Uso part of this was equally as bad. Jay Uso comes out and he's just looking on, uh, he's supposed to be the good guy, but he's watching as his cousin is tormenting Braun Strowman for no good reason other than to send a message to him and can't do anything. It looks like he's paralyzed with fear. Then he gets in the ring, and then Roman Reigns continues to tour with the guy, and he's like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what to do. And then there's finally a good moment in this that lasts only for a second where Jey Uso finally snaps on Roman and hits him with the chair and goes, I love you too. That moment ruled, except that it lasted for like all of five seconds. And then Roman Reigns takes control of the situation yet again. The person who needs to be built up here, because I don't think any viewer, even young viewers, I don't think they really believe that Jey Uso can beat Roman Reigns in this upcoming rematch. So the person who needs to be got over as a tough kind of killer who's willing to go to any lengths or who's finally snapped here is Jey Uso. Watching Roman torment Braun Strowman, you know, maybe he starts off paralyzed by fear, but at a certain point, something snaps in Jey's mind and he realizes that he needs to do this to Roman and the show ends with Jey doing this to Roman, especially since we all know that Jey is not winning the title here at Hell in a Cell. Okay, right now I'm going to play Vince McMahon. Chris, what you've said makes logical sense. But who cares about Jey Uso? He's a tag team wrestler. It's about building up Roman Reigns. <laughs> nobody, yeah, but nobody care cares about, about Jey Uso. Jey Uso, who's he? Does he draw money? No. I, I mean, how do I, you, you can't really argue with Vince. No, Chris, Chris, you're, no, exactly. You're... Your take is, I am a logical television watcher who wants continuity and stories that make sense and dialogue that's engaging. Well, you build up, in this case, you build up the baby face and, and you get us to buy into it so that when the heel crushes our hopes, which is a thing that like Vince, like this is the weird thing about Vince. Vince loves this part of wrestling. He loves the part where he like, he breaks everyone's spirit. Yes. It, yes. It's oh, so there's Daniel Bryan. We'll just get Triple yes. H to pedigree him and have Randy Orton pin him. Suck it, nerds. This yeah. is his favorite part about wrestling. So the trick here is, <laughs> is actually to get people to <laughs> hold buy on, hold in. Hold on, we need, we need to let that simmer a bit. Vince McMahon's favorite part of wrestling is screwing over the fans who like his product. Yes, breaking the heart of the yes. fan who's invested in the baby face. We put smiles on people's faces, and then I take them. <laughs> I no, steal it's, them, it's, and it's, I eat them the for breakfast. Patterns. It's his favorite part. It, it goes all the way back to Booker T and Triple H. It yeah. is his clear, like, whatever else you want to say was going on in that angle. Another part of this is, this is like his favorite part. Wait, of hold on, writing. hold on. I have I have a generational superstar in CM Punk. Let's bring out Kevin Nash to be 
<laughs> I want that part on a WWE 24. We put smiles on people's faces, and then I take them from them. <laughs> yeah, Rey Mysterio, Rob Van Dam. Like, yeah, there's so many different people who... Yeah, the, Vince knew who to push. Vince knew who the fans liked. But his favorite part of wrestling is the part where... The dream <laughs> crusher. Come yeah, on. Yeah, the dream crusher. I bet, and he does have with talent. Oh, you want, you want the brass ring? Oh, well, I'm going to gonna job you to this. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. In service of building up a real monster heel, I'm all in favor of crushing a couple of dreams along the way. Um... Because you're putting equity into someone. But, like, the way Vince has been doing it does not result in equity being put into these heels. It just results in the baby faces being made ice cold. Going to give a shout-out to our sponsor this week. My bookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contests, survivor, and more. My bookie. Winning season is all about your chance to win big. You can bet the Major League Baseball playoffs that are still going, UFC. Craziest sports summer, summer, winter of your lifetime is here. The NFL's on. Bet politics. We're only a few weeks away from the election. You can put prop bets on that. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Invest in your intuition. Select from hundreds of future bets, or you can bet games in real time with MyBookie's live betting. Put that big brain of yours to good use. Use promo code ROPES and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet and trust me adding money to it does add more excitement don't bet more than you uh, can though thousands of cross sport wagers props and parlays await now sign up to bet with the best and celebrate your victory your winning season begins today only at my bookie once again that code is ropes double your deposit up to one thousand dollars and we thank my bookie for sponsoring us and also other shows across the voices of wrestling network these many weeks okay my my second thing that I wanted to talk about from this main roster. Y'all know I love Aunt Pam. Y'all know I love Sasha Banks. They have found the poison pill in this angle, Chris, and it happened this week. What is fundamentally wrong with this angle right now? Um, so I know where you're going. I don't want to steal your thunder on this, but there's another thing that, that occurred oh, okay. to me that's fundamentally wrong here, too which is that when Sasha did the pull on Bailey's heartstrings play here, it created a narrative demand almost to have Sasha swerve Bailey in Hell in a Cell. Like, break her heart, play into her heart, and then go like, no, I'm the real bad one here. You're nothing, Bailey. You're, you're, you're very close. You're very close to my point. Chris, everything's, everything Bailey said was true. In that contract signing. Because, as you said, during the Braun Strowman rant that you had, we've been watching. Sasha Banks did give looks to Bailey's belt. She did give side-eye when she said Bailey was the best ever. She's been planning to turn on her for weeks. And Bailey beat her to the punch. And now we have this angle where Bailey is telling all the truths here, and Sasha's the one lying because while, yes, it is true that when she was left behind in NXT, which if you're no, going like to do this play off screen, real life into character on screen stuff in a way that is unsatisfying, but also confusing. 
Chris, how did Bailey start down this heel path in the first place? Do you remember? Uh, um, didn't Sasha screw her over and she decided that she had no friends and she needed to have a change of attitude? You're close. Number one, Bailey had already won the women's title in Money in the Bank. And I believe, and that was against Charlotte when she cashed in. But if you recall, there was a tag match that went on between Sasha and I forget who it might have been Charlotte. I can't remember who the partner was at the time against Bailey and Becky Lynch. And Sasha came in to hit Becky Lynch with a chair and Bailey stopped her, paused, smiled and hit Becky Lynch with a chair. She was helping out Sasha. It wasn't the other way around. So everything right now that Bailey has been pretty much saying is true. Has been manipulated by Sasha this time. Now, there's a few other things very wrong with this because Bailey was coming off as regretful and shifty-eyed and she can't make eye contact with Sasha about the help, so she seems a little bit regretful. Sasha is out there looking like a million bucks, which is also a little bit of a problem. She looks like the Spider Queen, too. Like, like, yeah, she comes... She can pull off jumpsuits. She is hot as hell. Yeah, she's dressed like a heel. Yeah, no, she's dressed like a heel, though. Black Widow stuff. (laughs) Exactly. And she's out there looking glamorous as hell two weeks after having her neck broken. And she hasn't had a come-to-Jesus moment. She hasn't apologized for her actions when she was a heel. Has she had like an underdog babyface match no. since she's been back with the... No, no, she hasn't, has she? No, she's been a heel, and now she's going after the belt, and it's meant to be revenge and babyface stuff, but she, she screwed Nikki Cross out of titles a few times. You know, we haven't had... We haven't had the comeback story. We haven't had the... And maybe you get this at the end of Hell in the Cell, but everything about this right now feels like one of two things. Either we get a third party involved to move off of this angle completely because we didn't draft Bailey over to Raw, which was the right move to do. No, it feels like that's the only outdoor at this point because they've written this angle completely into a corner now. And I don't really like Bailey or Sasha. Right. Or it's all a swerve, even with the chair angle. And whoever the third party is that comes in is going to get double teamed because they're both kind of giving each other looks like they don't want to do this. Bailey doesn't sign the contract, and I assume it'll probably be after a beatdown or something, and then she'll sign it, and that's how we get there. But there's but the Adam poison Pierce is going to get a talking to for that, though. The poison pill is there. The poison pill was you can't have everything Bailey says about Sasha be true. And they, they thought they were going to get around it by saying, I did it all by myself. And that's just not good enough here. Because Sasha took her down this road. Sasha was the one who showed her how to be evil. And they really needed to connect with that part of it. And then you needed Sasha to be remorseful in some way about doing this to her friend. And it coming, coming to this, and she's not. And, it's ju- and the whole vibe is weird to me. Yeah. No, I I concur. It's it, because you never really turned Sasha Banks into a sympathetic character in any way. You had At one best- leg of her grabbing her. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan. 
of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever, but if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards... It sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You get a display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net, arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Neck and looking doe-eyed. That's right. what, no, that she's a great figure, though. She's been a heel. She's the victim of Bailey, who's the bigger heel. Theoretically, Bailey's got some comeuppance coming to her, but Sasha Banks is the agent of, as the agent of delivery of comeuppance, is a figure you can't really get behind. You just feel, you don't feel bad when a bad thing happens to Bailey, but you don't think, oh, good for Sasha. I'm rooting for Sasha now. Yeah, because right now Bailey is also, she's delusional. She's not manipulative. She, she wasn't pulling the strings behind this whole thing. I did it all by myself. La, 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 la. And then when, when Sasha tells a truth, she gets scared and she starts looking around going, yeah, you're kind of right. Oops. You know, she's not oh, fully invested. Oh, you know invested. what? You stumbled onto another problem in the writing of this angle, too, which is that the tyranny of Bailey has been almost exclusively like the purview of Sasha Banks. So she's not doing this reign of terror on the entire division, tormenting everybody mercilessly. It's basically been a Bailey and Sasha feud this whole time. Mm-hmm. And so when you're trying to make Bailey the big evil 
and make her fully bad. You need her her wrath to rain down on everyone and not just be a feud that's contained in a universe. Sasha Banks needed to be out for three months at the at the earliest. Meanwhile, Bailey is doing a reign of terror mm-hmm. on other people and putting other people on the sidelines as well. And yes. then Sasha returns. You can have check-ins with Sasha occasionally, but the check-in should have come after the the first or second other victim of Bailey. Bailey should be going to NXT and killing girls down there. Too. Oh, that'd be and man, if she went down and was stretching like undercard girls we haven't even heard of on NXT just to kind of make a point. Yeah. Oh, that'd be I, a, a be We built this that, we built this place and I've come here to show you all why I've been why you guys will never live up to me or whatever. You have this entire cross platform thing to deal with if you wanted to. Um you know, you don't look, they are but Jeff, you can only go to each other brand four times a year due to the, it's like yeah because they keep narrative storytelling consistent. Yeah, okay? who's been counting that? Is A one got a tally on that? How many times that jumps happened in the last year? You take Sasha away from the equation as injured. You build up Bailey in the meantime as the baddest woman on the planet, or just evil, sadistic. She's bought fully into her being evil and being a heel as opposed to just kind of cackling and saying ding dong a lot. Yeah, you, right. You, she's you bring just, back she's annoying right now, right? Yeah, you, yeah, you bring back Sasha and nobody wants to team with her for a second. And she goes, look, I'm going to make it up to you guys. The redemption Sasha has to come down has, and start making saves. Yes, she has, to, she has to be redeemed. And you can do, and look, we, we've done the, oh, can they trust them? Can they not with the riot squad and all these other things? But that's just because, because you keep turning people on each other over and over and over again, as opposed to doing the one turn, which really matters. And this is the one turn that quote unquote matters because you've been building this up for three years now. Yeah. You, you have to, you, I don't understand why they, unless this is the one hell in the cell that feels like a screw finish. Somehow, I don't know which way it goes. I don't know if they team up again or if Bailey knocks her out for six more months or whatever. But this can't you you can't have a quote unquote blow off here in any way because you haven't told the story yet. Yeah, uh, I mean, the the only way there could be a blow off is Bailey wins. Bailey prevails. Yeah, and they're on the same brand now, which is utterly ridiculous. (laughs) It is. I'm sorry. They should have split these two up. It's disappointing that this angle just kind of fizzled. Because I and love I, this angle. I'm, I'm I still miffed about the Roman Reigns heel turn stuff because there's stuff I really like about the Roman Reigns Jey Uso thing, and and like they're just the tones wrong. There you, the tones there you wrong. go. And I think I've suggested this on another show. Aunt Pam with Heyman. And oh, you have that'd be Heyman. Fun. And you have yes, and you have Heyman putting her over. And and all her accomplishments in NXT because he's going to be the one bringing in history all the time, and she just she's just there looking like the sm- she has the Brock Lesnar smirk because even in the in her photo shoots and stuff when she does that smirk, she's gold in in this character just the cocky smirk of Aunt Pam while Paul Heyman is putting her over. Hell yes! Hell I think there's a way to yes. tighten up her look too to like get her and Roman's look a little more aligned to this. So they look like 
Paul Heyman guys, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that might be the move to the next level. And then also at the same point, God, Heyman putting in that not quite tribal chief stuff uh, for Bailey, but that same sort of like you do this to eat sort of thing. Like come up, imbuing that come mentality. Up, come up with a new nickname for her. Because they haven't come up really with a good nickname for well, Bailey. No, they have to move away from the role model because they lost yeah. that war. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, Britt Baker is doing yeah, that Britt Baker totally much won. better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else from the main roster you wanted to go through? Because uh, oh, the, 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 the New Day breakup. My God. Uh, okay. So this is one of the most important acts of the last decade on WWE television. And I think they have uh, historical importance in wrestling. And I think because of all of that, you have a ton of equity built into the New Day. So if you were going to break up the New Day, uh, and when you want to break up the New Day, I mean, these things have to happen at some point or another. I think the right answer, especially to get the maximum amount of heat out of this, would be to do this actually in front of fans. Uh, So... For starters, before we even get into grading this angle, it's dumb that they're doing this in the Thunderdome when there's this amazing opportunity to have an entire audience, like crowds of thousands, little kids, in tears that their favorite childhood team is breaking up. (laughs) So not only only does Vince McMahon like crushing dreams, Chris Novembrino wants to see children cry. Hell yeah, I do. I love seeing children cry. Put that on a t-shirt. Hold on. I need I need to... Last week was the anniversary of the Iron Woman match between Bailey and Sasha. And I said the best thing about that was Sasha making Izzy cry. So maybe, maybe, maybe we, we're all just evil, heartless people, Chris. Well, I think you can have, like... This was you a wanted friendly, it to mean something. You wanted you right. wanted the emotional impact about emotions. to be more resonant, and you but people cry during the Okada Tanahashi matches. I think that's a good thing. If there's not going to be a crowd for another year, you can't hold it off, though, can you? Well, then okay. So why are we doing this again? To make Big E a single star. Yeah. How are we going to make him a single which, star? Which we which we thought we were going to be doing for the last three months, but didn't. Yeah, right. How are we going to make him a single star without fans? Like, like you need to have... There's emotion about making a star. And, and I think the Drew McIntyre experience, experiment and experience, um, which, like, I like Drew. I think Drew's a good wrestler. But it's really hard to make a star without the visual of seeing fans loving the shit out of their matches. Like the people screaming and like you, you, the, the, Oh God, uh, Oh God. Like you need those moments on your TV. You need people, a, a crowd, an audience screaming RKO, RKO, real fans, not paper fans, not little teleprompter fans. Yeah. Like, uh, when Ron, I mean, and, and I, I think also making an African American star in WWE would be huge for yes, for, for the real. fandom. And and what I what I was thinking of was and this goes into your wheelhouse as well. You're talking about WCW with Ron Simmons? Yes. Yeah, the young the, the the young African American kid who's just that jumping kid up and in the down. Front, he that 
man, that's the moment you're looking for. You need those visuals. It's um LSM Bay when uh, the Undertaker gets beaten by Brock Lesnar in, in the bulging eyes. You need those organic kind of kinetic moments. Um, and, and especially with like a lot of the story you're trying to tell with the New Day, you need fans. You need fans. Mm-hmm. I I agree. I'm, but they're gonna go. They're gonna go with it. Oh no! It's it, what's done is done. I just I wanted to start with that there because I I think that that was a misstep. Um, and, I mean, and if the, you and if you look at the roster, the only main event babyfaces SmackDown has right now, top tier Biggie and Daniel Bryan, and then you have Otis. <laughs> Otis. <laughs> he, he's top tier. Eh? Who is Otis cashing in against? That's what I want. <laughs> Because Tucker yeah, and Mandy. He's cashing in against R-Truth for the 24-7 title. Oh, you know, I could see him cashing in for the Raw mid-card title to get over to oh, Raw. Yeah, to be like what Mandy the 24-7 and... title? God. I'm with my girl and my buddy again. And Tucker just slugs him for being a moron. That's what Tucky, I'm 24-7 champion. Successfully cashed in. You... Let me get this straight. You had the chance to cash in for the biggest titles in this business. And you cashed in on the 24-7 title so that you could come to Raw to be with me and your girlfriend. Tucky, I always say a bird in the hand is delicious. I'll kill you, you mother... You son of a... What are you doing? Do you realize the chance and opportunity you blew right now, you son of a... God damn it. Ah! <laughs> Ducky, I bought these magic beans. <laughs> I, I ate a couple of those, Chucky. They taste great. Then the big shows up in a castle or something like that. With the U.S. title or whatever. Otis would have a match against the big show. Otis in in the Beanstalk Castle for the United States title. There's a 1.0% chance that that happens. This Nigerian (laughs) prince said I could be rich if I gave him my money in the bank contract. And I thought, well, they have money in the bank. I have a contract. Let's switch it up. Oh, I don't know if the, if the I listeners are enjoying this as much as I am. But I... for the United States oh, title. Yes. Like, that, that is a great angle. Let's do it. A beanstalk match. Put that on the wheel. Put that on the wheel for Halloween Havoc. Oh, if we're going to do surrealist wrestling, let's just go all the way. <laughs> let's make this weird. Uh, and now we get to, uh, I guess, the two NXTs. Or actually, let's, let's, because uh, NXTs are easy because nothing happened. I gotta be honest with you. I don't know what they're gonna do with the undisputed era at this point. Do you? Um, no, it's really unclear, especially when they introduced the somebody paid off Rich Holland to attack Adam Cole Angle, which is a good way of getting off the Rich Holland thing because you can't go any further with that. But who is the mystery man who paid off Rich Holland? And like I'm thinking maybe it's Tommaso Ciampa. 
Oh no, it's gonna be Bobby Fish. You think? Oh, so you think it's Fish who paid off Rich Holland? And they're Fish still doing just... the shifty eye thing every time they mention something, and it's not subtle at all. Yeah, I mean, it makes some sense. Makes yeah, me, uh, yeah. Let's see. But... We we had a main event on NXT of a serial killer who likes to draw cartoons taking it... on an archer who wants to live forever. So, in, in fairness to Dexter <laughs> Loomis, I get that he is named after Dexter the serial killer. Uh, that That's not lost on me. I I've love his of... look. I love his creepiness, but they've he literally done... He has done no serial killing, Jeff. That, okay. th- th- you, you can't just call someone a serial killer. He just likes wearing gloves. Yes, he might do a little bit of night stalking. Okay, yeah. Driving, professional driving, you know. Some people, some yeah, some work. people do a little night stalking. That's one thing, but that doesn't make you a serial killer. Okay. It'd be cooler if he did kill a few people. Barry Windham <laughs> was the night stalker. He was not the serial killer, Barry Windham, was he? I believe he was just the stalker. Again, not the serial killer. I believe the night stalker was Brian uh, uh, Adam Bomb, whatever his name was. Uh, <laughs> Either way, stalking during the day, during the night, doesn't make you. It's not cartoonist. Good. I'm he not. Draw, he draw, I'm he not draws caricature. Hold yeah. on, hold on, hold on. At night, night stalking during the day, caricature artist at a theme park. There you go. <laughs> there you go. When Jane Goodall goes and observes the primates, is that stalking? It might be. Yeah. Jane's a little weird. You gotta think about it. But we've we've literally gotten no. We've got no motivation from this Dexter Loomis character, so it's just weird. No, all it's, the time. it's so strange to have him as the baby face other than he is in scenarios where he is necessarily the baby face. But like I it's just weird to like it's weird. I I liked the match between him and Priest. I I think they're a yeah. fun pairing. Yeah, I really do. Cool. And and I didn't think it didn't work because Loomis is nominally a baby face. And so is priest. Cause like they both, you know, settled in at a competitive, you know, they have a little bit of attitude, a little bit of swagger. I thought it was a cool match. It, it's just weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you and know, then the Cameron t- Grimes gets involved here. <laughs> That's the weird part of this, right? Like the, the weird part's not the Loomis priest part. It's the Cameron Grimes insertion into this because you Grimes, answer me when i talk to you he's undersized um he, like yeah he attacked extra loomis but like to go back to the loomis character we were just riffing on here loomis is a stalker Grimes stalked the stalker like oh the tables are turned on you in a wrong way sorry about that pal uh that, but- and what it, and it's not it's not the you know if this were a little more of an old school promotion he wouldn't have just hit a move and hid. It's not, you know, when people interfere, that's the weird thing to me is, is that quote unquote wins and losses matter when we know they don't. So all they do is they come in, they interfere for the match for them to lose as opposed to, I want to beat this guy up. So I'm coming in there to stomp the hell out of him, type of thing. He just does his finishing move and leaves and hides. That's, that's just weird. Yeah. This was not even for the title. Was it? No. No, I, I mean, that would have been the reason to have him do the match in this manner. 
So, yeah, so he, like the, the reason him. you have Grimes uh, do an attack like this is you want to screw Loomis out of a chance to have another match against Priest and deliver a loss. But in a scenario where there's no title on the line, he can just do this with impunity. I, I mean, but, the only but, reason he wouldn't want to do this is because Priest is going to attack him. But the reason he did it was because he asked him a question and didn't get an answer. I mean, there you go. <laughs> Cameron Grimes! You answer me when I talk to you. Yeehaw! <laughs> Just like... Uh, no, when he was underneath the ring or, like, lying down beside the ring, I wanted to pull out, like, an oversized cigar and be, like, puffing on it. Like, <laughs> Cameron Grimes! <laughs> I did love going back for his hat. That was funny. Yes. <laughs> but, like, he's such a cartoon. And, I'm like, I like Grimes, and I think that they had a much better character. I want him to in. tie Shotzi Blackheart to a railroad track. That's where we're at now. Or like, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 come too. I Wait, got I'll you tied up to the railroad tracks. I got you tied up to the railroad tracks. Hold on, I'll call my wolf friends to come get me out. <laughs> <laughs> the wolves come in, start chewing off the ropes. Oh, we're getting into silly time. I love it. Oh, they, every character they have, like Shotzi's another good example. Though, like you have these characters and they're like, on overdrive and a more muted version of all of these characters would get you a lot more mileage. It's, mm-hmm. it's a case of too much of a good thing. In the case of Shotzi Blackheart, the punk stuff, the tank girl stuff, it's not a bad idea. She's got attitude. She's a vivacious person. It's all about the hook. It's all about the hook. Yeah. Cameron Grimes, same thing. Is swaggering, southern-tinged heel who's got a chip on his shoulder, but, like, is a hot dog who can deliver, and that's what makes him sort of a hot dog about stuff. Really cool. Fun idea. When you put it on overdrive, you know, and we you're talking about him tying Shotzi Blackheart to the railroad tracks while puffing on an oversized cigar. Like, there's a happy medium here between Snidely Whiplash, which is what Cameron Grimes is verging on at this point, and what he was doing early on. Um, and something much closer to what he was doing early on, a little more muted, actually would go longer. You know what? We need him to be hillbilly dick dastardly, and we need, like, a muttly for him. Uh, the, the wacky race has really informed a lot of my understanding on the world. That and Stop That Pigeon, which was also a favorite of mine. Uh, let's end with a little discussion about AEW, shall we? Uh, yeah. AEW. I, I think we have to. AEW celebrating one year. I thought the show was okay. I liked Cody and Orange Cassidy a lot. Yeah, I other... liked Cody and Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was Co- Cody, yeah. to me, consistently is the guy that you give an A on the report card to. All his matches feel important. All his feuds feel important. All the promos that lead up to his feuds feel important. You know, I don't think you can beat Orange Cassidy here. Didn't think it made any sense to get the title off of Cody unless... Unless, and this is another way they could have went, you have Cassidy beat Cody right near the bell, and that's what finally creates the Cody heel turn. But is this, okay, but let's look back. Is this where we thought AEW would be one year from starting? Um, When we say where... For me, I what are we okay, defining I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you my example. Are the guys on top you thought would be on top when AEW started? Yes, in a way. Yeah. Huh. Mo- Moxley and Cody Rhodes uh, make a lot of sense as top guys. And it makes a lot more sense than when they put like Jericho on top to start things up. 
that'd be true. I thought Omega would be much bigger by now. I That's thought Adam fair. Page might be bigger by now. I thought the Lucha Brothers would be bigger by now. Yes. To be honest with you. I, I, I agree on that. I, I think, you know, two guys who have been woefully lost, and this is as someone who is covering Pentagon at Pentagon's peak. Uh, Pentagon. My God, dude. Like, this guy is a star. I have seen houses just eat out of the palm of this dude's hands. And, and people like Phoenix as well. But, I mean, Pentagon in particular. Uh, th- this guy should be in the main event picture. And uh, the tag team as a regular thing, um, not instead of them both being single stars, I think I like them as a tag team. They're a good tag team, but they both benefit as being single stars. Phoenix I wonder if the things. Eddie Kingston connection is going to hurt them. I think, yes. I don't think Eddie's... I like Eddie, too. Um, so this is not a slag on Eddie by any stretch. I just think sometimes not unlike what we were talking about with like Grimes and Shotzi where you, you add too much in and you actually get less. Um, I kind of worry that butcher blade, um, Eddie Kingston and the Lucha bros. It's like five guys when maybe it should be three for a letter grade. I kind of give it a B minus C plus, um, in terms of week to week television, because I think for me personally, there's, if you're going to be an alternative WWE, they're doing way too much of what WWE already does. It's a little bit too derivative. It's a little bit too much comedy for me personally. Matches go long because nobody wants to say no to anybody. And they then what happens to the TV show is they have to start cutting stuff to stay under time. And it's noticeable. And, and I they think need that to... gets into the comedy problem, too, because what should be happening is in these prelim matches, that's where you have a little bit of levity, a little bit of lightness. In these sort of like quick, shorter matches, you can have, you know, let's say, like a cruiserweight match where something funny happens. Like, Le Parker used to be really good at delivering this. You know, like a five-minute match and Le Parker does something funny that amuses the crowd. You have comedy in the undercard. Um, I noticed that there's a lot of comedy in the upper card. Yes. And that's where they get themselves into trouble. Said last week... Make squashes dominant again. We had a Miro squash. Squashes our boys Sean Maluda and Lee Johnson. Great. Dominant win comes out. Promo about a video game. I was so disheartened. We have managers, but the problem with all the managers to me is that they all overshadow their clients. Jake, Tully, Arn are great. Taz. Taz. Even Brandy to some respect because she always has to get a move in as well yes or they feel like a bit of a non sequitur like brandy doesn't it's weird because like obviously brandy's cody's wife but like it's the cody act feels like it's cody and arn's act right now and you can do different cody version of the cody act where it's cody and brandy um but you can't I, i just cody does not need this like super team of people around him unless you are doing an Apollo Creed style thing where he is this like kind of padded kind of cushy champion. Hmm. That's an interesting, it's an interesting way to go. Uh, the AEW women's division has been decimated by both injuries and reliance on foreign talent. The match on Wednesday wasn't good. I thought I, I like Sheeta. I like big swole. They did not gel. No, opinion. they they did not gel. Uh, it this 
I hate using it, but clunky is the only way I can describe this match. The first few minutes looked like they were in slow motion to me. And I Dude, was I know. It, this this was a rough match. Um, I You know, that's the other part. And I get that AEW has been dealing with a bit of an uphill climb here in terms of getting talent and locking down talent. And WWE has been kind of aggressive in terms of just giving out contacts, contracts to hold off people or, you know, from going over to AEW. But, um, yeah, uh, you kind of hope on the WWE alternative product that you're going to be watching WCW 96 style work and that sort of stuff like fast paced, like wrestling, uh, real wrestling. And like, this was, these were people really trying wrestling. I like the tag team division. I overall like the product. I, for me, my one wish though is I want more heat to these feuds, and I'm uh, not. And no more it. Nyla Rose against Sheeta. I am so done with that angle, dude. When they showed Nyla Rose at the end of the match, I was just like, no, not more, no, no, no. <laughs> well, they only have three or four women now that are in the in the main event rotation, so yeah, it's it's an issue. But overall, my my one big disappointment in AEW is that. Feuds kind of are smart alecky as opposed to building up to real anger and then having a blow off in some ways. You kind of get you kind of get three weeks of back and forth and then a big match and the match is pretty good. Even this FTR stuff is a little like tongue in cheeky. I, I, I'm trying to think of the, the wiener word. thing this past yes, week. Yeah. Right. Like there's, there's this like weird tinge of comedy thing that like, I don't actually, you know what? I'll take it back. No, I want them to be really serious. I want these guys. Like I want these guys to be dicks, um, insufferable dicks who like to torment people the way they were in NXT when we were really into them. And they have not been, they have not been the NXT revival so far. I want them basically you know, they, they, they call back other tag teams. I want them to be the Andersons. I want them to be Ole and Arn or Ole and, and Gene. And, you know, ripping a guy's shoulder out of his socket and making him tap out from that as opposed to just the finishing move. We don't just beat people. We put them on the sidelines. We're not trying to go. We're not just trying to beat the division. We're trying to go through the division so there's no the division. division left. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And that would help their characters immensely and that would also in turn help their help help their uh, alliance with tully in my opinion yeah that should be what tully's teaching them right yes. now. I, I i mean because yes tully's response to it if they call you weeders and they want to make jokes show them who's the joke like, yeah. like that that's the sort of tully response yeah you know what they actually need here right now is a promo like he did after the sean spears tully's picture on his underwear thing where, oh yeah, yeah. Where he's yeah. just screaming at him, going, "Oh wait, you just think a win is good enough?" When they embarrassed you like that, what the hell's your problem? And I, I'm glad you brought that up because if we're talking about a one year in review sort of thing, they have been told and they've received feedback from the audience that they've made some of these mistakes, and they continue to make these mistakes. They changed some, like the Nightmare some, Collective. No, right, they, they bailed things. on. Yeah. Dark Order original goofy like they they mm-hmm. reoriented it but now but to that point so they reoriented it and what's happened to Dark Order it's trended back towards the goofy yeah B 
because of uh, being the elite. Yeah, yeah. Being the elite is is. It used to be a way to market the product, and now it's kind of become a detriment to the storytelling of the product. Yes, it's become and it's become a supplemental story. Here's the thing: it's you have to watch BTE to understand the stuff on Dynamite, to understand the stuff on Dark. Right, and here's where your problem is: what is BTE fundamentally? It is a comedy show. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be. Um, when you hear people talk about it on other programs, they always talk about how funny that was, or this was, or the next thing was, and then this next thing happened, and it was also funny. The show is a funny show. And what happens is every single angle that goes into BTE world gets hit with the comedy stuff, gets sprayed with comedy. Um, and then it comes back to the main roster. Um, and you either love this comedy or you don't love this comedy. It's, it, that's kind of, you know, same thing with Jericho. Jericho can be funny, but because no one tells him no ever, Jericho always goes from being funny to being unfunny. Given it's happening time. with the Bucks right now with this super kick angle where yes. it's being viewed as ha ha funny as opposed to you guys are just jerks. Right. It's not getting the appropriate level of heat like it. And it's like really everybody. Important. Everybody in AEW should be ready to kill the Bucks right now. Yes. Everybody. Because it's important to build up equity into Tony. Even Britt mm-hmm. Baker should be aghast that Tony got kicked in the face, even though she's like disingenuous or whatever. Like she should be like. Oh, Tony, you can't let that happen to your jaw. It's very bad for your bite. Blah, blah. Like, there's an entire great angle you could do with, like, Tony's jaw um, and Britt Baker trying to just make sure that he he's okay after getting super kicked. But everyone should be offended by that because Tony is the voice of integrity on the brand. And the mm-hmm. guy that, like, long-term you want to be like, this is the newsman, the voice that you trust, and you can't kick the voice that you trust. What are the Bucks doing? Um, that's where JR uh old school jr whatever happened to the good old days jr that's where he would really shine just being disgusted at mm-hmm. the young bucks lance russell bob coddle all those old guys would have just been mad as hell and if you had done something to a guy like lance russell or bob coddle and even when da- when it happened to david crockett the world champion came out and goes hey the hell's your problem type of thing yes i i, I agree you, you needed to not Treat it with such flippancy, and you can't... Matt Hardy should be angry at the Young Bucks. Them paying the fine instantly makes them even bigger dicks about it. And I I love that about the angle, where it's just like, hey, we're rich now, we can throw the money around. But the problem is, it's being done so tongue-in-cheek that that part of the jerk, the the bad part of it is being overshadowed by the... Ha-ha. I mean, and there's an amazing opportunity, especially because, like, that is something that's very reflective of the way fines often work in the real world, mm-hmm. right? Like, you, you, when you're a big enough company or a rich enough person, you can just get the parking ticket. You can just, you know, get the environmental penalty or yeah, whatever. I'm in, a handi- I'm in a handicap zone. Whoop-de-doo. I got yeah, stuff to do. You going to give right. me a ticket? Great. Okay, here. $200 to park here? Don't care. And, and, and it's... The ability. My to dad look. owns a dealership. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my dad totally owns a dealership. He'll just get me a new car. Um, yeah, no, it's it's the ability to do that that makes you a dick. It's you know looking at the car and going, yeah, I'm not gonna pay that two hundred dollars. Tell me for all I care. I don't care. I don't care. I'm gonna do it. So you just so do overall, whatever you want to do. I gave it a B minus. What are, what do you give AEW for its first year? First year, B minus sounds right. Um, I feel like I'm being a little too hard because there's been plenty of great matches. 
they they've had they had one good pay per view, but the rest were kind of underwhelming, which was unfortunate. Though, yes. too. Yeah. yeah, and, and that's I mean. So you're out of the A range immediately mm-hmm. um, when you talk about, especially the I, the name. But C is C is a little too much. C is a no, little no C little C average, I, yeah so C it's... plus felt like that felt real harsh. Yeah, but so I, it's somewhere I can't in the really give him. Yeah, I I don't think I can even give him a straight B. I because like Jr. needs to go. You have too many people yes. in the commentary booth. You don't have a real rhythm on that. Backstage universe is inconsistent factions there's some cool ideas but like the execution on them has been kind of sloppy moxley is a good guy to have a top belt on um i think that cody is a good guy to have a top belt on so that has been right jericho is an interesting blending of helping and hurting i say on balance he is good but there are obvious points that we have discussed ad nauseum where he just hurts the show and there's kind of no getting around it um mjf is is a point of interest perhaps you know if you want to talk about the guy who's maybe been underused maybe it was time for mjf to win the tnt title uh somewhere along the way here maybe he should have gold yeah i think he should have held the title by now to be yeah. honest with you okay we're gonna end it there we'd like to thank uh my bookie use code ropes get double your first deposit you can follow me at crap game 13 you can follow the show at shake them ropes you can follow chris at chris novembrino we're in the home stretch of the horse race for uh, for, th- for the election. Tell us about Don't Worry About the Government. Yeah, Don't Worry About the Government is my show. 485 episodes in. You can find it over at don'tworry.tv on iTunes, on Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, just put out a new episode this week talking about Amy Coney Barrett and doing a final look at the electoral college map. So if you want to hear me break that down, my map looked a little bit more pessimistic than some other analysts that I've seen, but uh, you can hear me talk about that and why I think what I do about those various States over at don'tworry.tv um, and Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you find fine podcasts. And again, thank you for the kind words about my father. Cool.